I want you to know that I'm very disappointed in our educational system today because of all the wild theories that are messing up so many of our people in America. There's a lot of foolishness going on. There's such lack of character, honesty, truthfulness that ought to turn your stomach. But it all starts because there's a, a person who despises the truth. I wrote a book called The Declaration of the Gospel. I'm calling this one The Declaration of Satan, what he declares to be truth. Remember, he's not an original guy. He just copies, but then twists it, lies, deceives. You've never met the devil. I asked this one guy, I said, you believe in the devil? He says, I sure do. I says, why? He says, I married his sister. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that. I want you to know that there is a real devil, and he copies everything. There's the truth, and then there's deception, twisting truth. But people are looking for a reason, a purpose in life. So I want to explain some things to you that I believe it's very important. So take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians and chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. There's a statement mentioned here where Paul says that he fears for the church, fears for his people. And that is, he says there in uh, verse 2, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul's saying, I fear that it will corrupt your minds. Talking about believers. Because believers can get twisted in their thinking. Now, you may believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ, know you have eternal life, know you're going to heaven and you die, but you live like a lost man. You'll live like an atheist. And some people don't recognize the, the tenets of uh, various beliefs. But you may have some of these, and so as we go through some of this, it is to help you to identify things in your own life, thoughts that you have, a belief system. And you need to examine yourself and see just where you're coming from. See, the very next verse talks about for he that cometh preaches another Jesus and another gospel, another spirit. Well, this is what the devil does. It's something else. It's not the true Christ. It's not the true gospel. It's not the true Holy Spirit. It's an imitation. That's all he can do. But he deceives so many of God's people. God has a, a reason for us, and you need to know what he's talking about. Satan himself is and declares himself to be a messenger of light. Now, who said that they are the light of the world? Jesus. He's the light of the world. But he comes across as he's the one that has the light. He's the truth. And you have people that are questioning the Bible. I believe the Bible is the source of truth. I believe it is truly what it claims to be, the Word of God. Therefore, I put all my confidence and all my hope in what this book says. And Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth or thy word. Thy word is truth. So therefore, you and I are supposed to believe what the book says. But there's others that don't believe the book and will say they have the truth. They have the light. 
Satan wants to be what Jesus is, but he's not the light of the world. He is a false teacher. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, claiming to be something that he is not. But now he will come across, and believe it or not, his teaching is permeated our school system. And this is why people are believing like they believe, because they believe in a lie. It says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And people are lost. But there's also those that are saved. It says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds. He blinds the minds of them which believe not. Now, if he could do that to the lost, he hasn't given up on the believers. He still will seek to deceive you as to your purpose in life and why you should live a holy life, a godly life. Why you should be an imitator of what God is like. You're a child of the king. You should live like it and act like it and talk like it and walk like it. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the devil wants to keep people blinded. A few seeds planted years ago have sprung up all around the world. Think about this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ had a few disciples. Sent them out. Now think of how many people throughout the world has heard of the name Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing? But there's people who plant seeds, and then they let it grow. And the Bible says there is the incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God, and there is the corruptible seed, which is the wisdom of man. It destroys. It leads astray. Now, false messengers, there's many of them. But just to give you a few, James Hutton, Charles Lyle, and Charles Darwin. Some of these you may have heard of. But they planted seeds years ago, and we're seeing the fruit of their root and how bad it really is. He was a Scottish geologist, chemist, naturalist. He was initially attracted to chemistry. He entered the legal profession at the University of Edinburgh, turned to medicine as it closely resembled chemistry. This is when these guys got started. And little by little, regardless of what they knew about the Bible or the, I guess you could say, the philosophy of religion was at that time, they began to get more knowledge and more knowledge. And knowledge corrupts and knowledge puffs up. So you become an intellectual and you think you know more than everybody else. Became a farmer to study rocks and so forth and so studying geology. And the more you study and look at the world and trying to figure out where we come from, how old is the earth? Begin to have questions and doubts about what the Bible says. And so because many people don't know that God can create with the appearance of age, then you've got to put millions and millions of years into the producing of this world that we live in. And if a light, you know, a star's 100 million light years away, well, whenever it came into being, well, that light travels at 186,000 miles a second. Look how long it would take for the light to get here. And so if we can see it, it has to be that old. But they don't know. God can say, let there be light, and there it is. And so when God can make a man, how old is that man? God can... Make him brand new, but he might look 30. He made me and look 130. <laughs> but now in his book, Theory of Evolution, proposed that the earth was much older than people thought. 
And so you begin to plant seeds and write books. And many of these professors wind up teaching in some of our universities and colleges. Our universities and colleges are filled today with people who have a wrong belief. They believe the lie of the devil. And they're teaching it to the young people. Charles Lytle, I have a couple of the books that I have studied years ago. And he was the father of geology. Previously, it was believed that the sedimentary rock strata seen were a result of cataclysm like Noah's flood. However, Sir Charles Lyle believed that cataclysms were not responsible for forming the appearance of the Earth's crust, but very slow processes like we see happening today. So he came out with the uniformitarianism, the law of uh, gradualism. In other words, the unchanging change, a breaking down process from one into another, and that breaking down process that it never changed. So he taught that. He wrote this. The doctrine of uniformitarianism, also known as gradualism, or the doctrine of unchanging change, by which they can say, well, you know, it takes so long for it to break down into this, and then so long to break down into this, and this breaking down process never changes, so therefore we can tell how old the rocks are. How old are those rocks? Well, it depends upon where we find them. And what about the bones? Well, it depends on where they are. And they go into a geological circle. And they're talking about the geological ages. So you see, when we say we believe the Bible, it's not that we haven't listened or read and studied some of that other junk. It's that we already know the truth. The truth sets you free. These lies has to be led by another lie and then another lie and then another lie. There's no end to it. Anyway, he has to write a book. And this book that he wrote became the seeds by which somebody else would read it. He says the goal was to separate Moses from science. Because you see, true science and the Bible doesn't agree. But the truth of the matter is, true science and the Bible do agree. Because God made the Word and God made the world. And they agree perfectly. The Bible doesn't agree with false science, pseudoscience, but it does agree with the world. And what they really find... The truth of the matter. They agree perfectly. Now, in the late 18th century, then you hear Erasmus Darwin. Now, he was a grandfather of Charles Darwin. And so he planted some more seeds. Seeds by which grandson comes along and listens to what he has to say. And Erasmus was a country physician, poet, amateur scientist, believed that evolution was occurring and different things, including humans. But it was rather fuzzy ideas about what might be responsible for the change. What causes the change? I believe there's a lot of changes that goes on in this world. But I don't believe it makes evolution true. And that evolution, they say, is happening in such a slow process that you cannot observe it happening at the present time. So they said that's not the proof that evolution didn't happen just because you cannot observe it happening. That's a good cop-out. But they say it all started from a big bang back there somewhere. Big bang. All right, who started that bang? Well, these gases came together and collided, and boom! All of a sudden, we have a one-celled amoeba floating around in the ooze of the Nile. Well, where did they come from? Well, these gases, where did they come from? So you see, you're not to just quickly believe whatever they say. But you need to learn how to 
defend your faith. He suggested the earth and life, it must have been evolving for millions of ages before the commencement of history of mankind. And that's in his book. He writes, somebody has come along and reads it and expands a little bit more. You see, anything that is not according to the truth of this book comes from the devil himself because he teaches a lie. Because, you see, if there is no God, then we don't need a Redeemer. If there's no God, then we were not created. And if there is no God, then evolution just might be true. But the reason they believe in evolution is because the only alternative is creation. And creation requires a creator. And there's a plan, means a planner. Design means a designer. Laws, must be a lawgiver. So we believe that uh, the Bible has the answers. Now, he wrote his book almost 63 years before Charles Darwin wrote his Origin of the Species. And 39 years before he left on a five-year voyage. Now, he had gotten on this year one ship, the Beagle, and he was going to travel around, and they were simply going to make better maps of the, the, the earth. And he got a chance to go on this five-year trip. And by the time he got through, he had seen animals he'd never seen before. He wrote about these things, wrote his book, and he wind up little by little, got into the teaching of evolution. And it did a lot of damage. And he'd gone to school and even, believe it or not, studied the Bible, studied religion. He studied to be a clergyman in the Church of England. So he had some degrees, and he was educated in religion. But evidently, somewhere along the line, he didn't get the answers he was looking for. Charles Darwin's thinking and writing on the subject of evolution and natural selection caused him to reject the evidence for God in nature and ultimately to renounce the Bible and God and the Christian faith. Now, it's amazing to me how many parents will educate their children at home because they don't want those kids to be polluted by the public school system. And then some of them, they will have them go to a Christian school, a private school, protecting their precious little minds. And then when they finally get old enough, they send them off to some college and university right into the middle of all of this stuff and say, now go fight for your life. Defend yourself. And they have teachers who pride themselves in being faith breakers to break your faith, to destroy your faith. You see why it doesn't happen? Yes, it does. And they take great pride in shaming and humiliating anyone who believes in the Bible. Or they learn to just shut up and give the teacher what they want, and they have to have a humanist education, or they can't get certain jobs. Now, in August of 1831, Darwin received an invitation to serve as a natural subordinate boat. So he went, and it was a five-year trip. And he went all over the world in order to make these better maps. But he was interested in one main thing. He wanted to study all these things because he couldn't understand how it got here. And these various types of animals and species and all that. So he came to the conclusion we had to evolve. But there's some things that were denied. It means they had to deny that Noah's flood was worldwide. Didn't believe that. And so if that's true, then there is no divine judgment. There's nothing to believe about the Bible. You see, if evolution is true... 
then the creation story must not be true. It can't be. Both of them can't be right. So it causes questions about the Bible. So when you don't believe the book of Genesis, there's no reason to believe anything else in the book. The study of the book of Genesis is the one most valuable lessons you'll ever get because it's the book of the beginning. How did it begin? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it doesn't try to define who is this God. He's God that created the heavens and the earth. Said, let there be light. Boom, there's light. God can do that. If God didn't do it, who did? And he had to have self-preservation. Well, he depends upon no one or anything for his eternal existence. Now, one of Darwin's biographers called Darwin's or Charles' reading of this book his point of departure from orthodoxy. In other words, he was reading a book that was written by this guy named Charles. He read the book. Darwin says, I never forget that almost everything which I have done in science I owe to the study of his great works. And, of course, it means going from one form of life into another. See, the reason that people don't get it is they always want to start with life and go into more complex forms of life. So we had to start with simple forms of life. No, go back further than that. Go back to when there was no life at all. Now what do you start with? So if you're going to start in the very beginning, you've got to start back there when there wasn't anything. How many of you have ever seen something come from nothing? You never have and you never will. It takes more faith to be an evolutionist than it does to believe this Bible. Because it requires miracles. A miracle that could not happen. So there isn't nothing. But then there's something. And nobody did it. That's a miracle. The Lord says in the book of Hebrews in chapter 3, He says, every house is built by some man. It's just a natural reasoning. It's rational to believe. When you see a house, somebody built that. There's the world. Somebody had to make it. And we believe God did it. Inevitably, the more Darwin convinced himself that species had originated by chance, random chance. Remember, if it all happens by chance, it means there was no plan, no design. There's no intelligent person making it happen. As we said before, they talk about the evolution of the telephone or the evolution of the automobile. The telephone did not develop itself. It was done by an outside source with intelligence who had a plan. Did your automobile make itself? It's not an evolution. It's the development of a telephone. It's the development because somebody developed it. It didn't happen by chance. All of a sudden, you picked up your cell phone. Hey, this thing's a miracle. Nobody made it. Would you believe that? If you can believe this stuff, something's missing upstairs. So he believed it was long gradual. That's just why the evolution had to have millions and millions and billions of years. Because you have enough time. Anything is possible. No, it isn't. He could not accept not only the account of Genesis and creation, but also the rest of the Old Testament as the divine inspired word of God. Because you can't accept it if evolution is true. And there is no God. You can't believe this book. Why would you need a Savior? Well, to save you from sin. What's sin? What's right? What's wrong? It changes everything. And you wonder why we have so many college kids today that can't think and reason? Because they don't know what truth is. 
you have to have a source of truth. What is your foundation? What do you believe that doesn't move? You've got to be anchored to something. And today, everybody is wishy-washy. You're on sand. This is what Christ is talking about. You're building your life, your house upon sand, and it won't hold. Now, when you have teachers in the public school, colleges, universities, spouses, the nonsense of this generation of young people, what will happen to their faith? What do you think happens to their faith? They begin to question their faith. And you wonder why good Christian parents would pay to destroy their children's faith. But they're doing it. But they don't know how bad it is. Well, they came from a good home. They'll be all right. And most of them will never keep themselves pure, number one. And they won't be able to protect their mind, number two. And number three, they may not know how to make a living, but they won't know how to live life. It's dangerous. But anyway... Origin of the species, not addressed in 1859, still a mystery in 1998. Both the origin of life and the origin of the major groups of animals remain unknown. They cannot still explain where anything came from. So that's why they had to go back and find a common denominator that we all branched off of. That common denominator doesn't exist. We say, well, they've just got a missing link. No, the whole stupid chain's gone. I said this before, but my ancestors may have swung by the neck, but they didn't swing by the tail. Evolution, transmutation of species has never been proven. The reason for this is very simple. It's never happened. Evolution is no more than the imaginations of men who deny the word of God and so are desperately struggling to for some explanation of for the origin of life. It is here. Somehow it got here because life is here. Here we are. Where did we come from? Those who do not accept God's word must seek another explanation. But when the Bible says this, in the beginning God created. Well, if God claimed to have been in the beginning, we ought to at least listen to what he said. I mean, he's the only witness we have, right? So if he was the only one who claims to have been here, maybe he has something to say about it. He said, I was here. And then he wrote a book and told us what happened. Told us who did it. Now the evolutionists, they uh, beat us all over the place. Well, we just believe in a book. We just believe in it. Blind faith. Okay, what kind of faith they got? Were they here? What books are they reading? Theirs, the one they wrote. But, see, ours is blind faith and theirs is on the facts. They don't have any facts. I can make a monkey out of an evolutionist and don't have to work too hard to do it. The evolutionist is trying hard, but somehow he isn't getting anywhere. Even Charles Darwin himself recognizing that although there is mutation within species, there are no transmutation to change. No changes from one species into another. He wrote in his book, My Life in Letters. I learned this when I was at Florida Bible College, 1964, when he wrote, in his book, and Dr. Stanford had us read it, and it was also put in the, the personal evangelism handbook. Not one change of species into another is on record. We cannot prove that a single species has been changed into another. Charles Darwin said that. He said we can't prove any of it. That's why it was called the theory of evolution. But even with the theory, well, with the evolutionists, that's better than nothing because that's all they've got. You see, none of this stuff here has anything to do with the Bible. It has everything to do with the Bible. 
It makes a difference whether you believe that book or not. And look at the world. Did you know that Christians today, we could change the world if God's people would wake up and believe what this book says. But somehow or another, there has been teachings that's come along and called people to think, don't take it seriously. Don't rock the boat. I mean, it doesn't really matter. There's no real danger being done. There's no harm. Let people believe whatever they want to believe. No. In America, we have the, the freedom to believe anything we want. But just because you believe it doesn't make it right. Nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. Because you, these are teachers in colleges and universities that have taught this stuff to these precious little minds that have gone to school to get educated, enlightened. And Satan has his teachers. There's a mystery as to how evolution occurs, but there's not a whole lot of doubt as to whether it occurs. In other words, we can't prove it, but we all know it happened. Isn't that good? And you hear them as a, he's teaching in a university. I mean, this guy's a college professor. He, he must know what he's talking about. And he's so much more intelligent. You go to church today and all you got is a preacher don't know what he's talking about. Reading from a book that's an old-fashioned book written 2,000 years ago. Hey, we're in the 21st century. Don't you know that? I mean, we got to be more intelligent today. I'd rather study the old paths, believe the old book. It has sustained me fairly well. I believe the book. And that doesn't mean that I can't see what is going on and who's teaching what. And I don't agree with it. I believe this book is true. And it has made a difference in my whole life. You see, if I didn't believe this, I'd believe all this other stuff. And this is why we got kids today, they're not being taught the Bible. So they think this is the only truth there is. And it's going to ruin their lives. Stephen Hawkins, he says, We are just an advanced breed of monkeys on a minor planet of a very average star. But we can understand the universe. That makes us something very special. Don't you feel good? We're just an advanced breed of monkeys. <laughs> what, he says, what I have done is to show that it is possible for the way the universe began to be determined by the laws of science. In that case, it would not be necessary to appeal to God to decide how the universe began. In other words, he's not necessary. God, God's not necessary. It doesn't prove God doesn't exist. It just proves that he, we don't need him. And these are key people that are teaching. They got degrees after their name. They got to be intelligent. Bertrand Russell. Man, I read about him a long time ago. He said quite deliberately that the Christian religion, as organized in its churches, has been and still is the principal enemy of moral progress in the world. Why do you think these intelligent people want to do away with churches and Bibles and prayer and our schools and all these things? They want to eliminate, because, see, we are in opposition to what they believe. And they will not be satisfied. Oh, we were satisfied as long as they stayed in the closet. But now they come out of the closet and want to put us in it. I have no intentions of going in the closet. I'm looking for the highest hill. George Gaylord Simpson. Man is the result of a purposeless and materialistic process that did not have him in mind. <laughs> see, if evolution is true, it couldn't have thought about you. You weren't considered. You're not important. Your actual being here has no purpose to it. And I got some more good news for you. There is no purpose to your life. 
that means that there's really there's no hope for your future. You see, it's all random chance, natural selection. There's no God, there's no plan, there's no design. If everything is an accident, there's no reason to figure anything out. Purpose may be an imaginary concept. What is purpose? Well, it's a reason for living. What's that? There isn't any reason for living. It's just happened. You just happen to be there. You just happen to be you and an animal over there. But what's the difference? You're just a highly educated animal on this evolutionary ladder. But if everything was created, and if everything had a purpose, shouldn't it be the underlying goal of all mankind to discover that creator and find that purpose? Now, Satan declares a false message of salvation. Satan found out he could save himself a lot of work if he could just get rid of God. So what's going on? Get rid of God. You don't need God. There is no God. And if there is no God, you're God. See there? How do you like that? If there's no God, there's no rules. There's no sin. There's no judgment. Faith is the great cop-out. The great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is belief in spite of, even perhaps because of, the lack of evidence. So that's why, yes, you've got to have faith. Because they don't really have any evidence for what they're saying and doing. I believe there is a cop-out because they're talking about us. We're the one, we don't have any evidence for what we believe. I believe when you study the Bible in every area, prophetically, it's accurate. Historically, it's accurate. Medically, it's accurate. Everything about the Bible is accurate. There's no mistakes in this book. I had a man just the other day tell me, he says, you know, there's a lot of mistakes in the Bible. I says, can you find me just one? Charles Darwin said, I can indeed hardly see how anyone ought to wish Christianity to be true. For if so, the plain language of the text seems to show that the men who do not believe, and this would include my father, my brother, and almost all of my best friends, will be everlastingly punished. And this is a damnable doctrine. But doesn't he understand there's a Savior who's willing to die and pay for the sins of the whole world? Somewhere along the line, he didn't get enough in his Bible education. Maybe he went to the wrong school. Maybe he read the wrong books. Maybe there's a devil out there seeking to blind the minds of individuals. If evolution is true, it destroys utterly and finally the very reason Jesus' earthly life was supposedly made necessary. You see, if evolution is true, then this book can't be true. And a need for a Savior can't be true. Because, you see, there is no sin. And there is no heaven, there's no hell. Destroy Adam and Eve and the original sin, and in the rubble of 2,000 years ago, you may find the remains somewhere outside the walls of Jerusalem of the Son of God. If evolution is true, then there should be a body laying around somewhere that belonged to Jesus. Maybe in some rubble someplace. But I got news for you. He ain't there. He came back from the dead. And he ascended just like he said he would. I believe the Bible. It takes away the meaning of the life, his death, and his resurrection. You see, there's a sinister means behind all of this. It's the devil telling us lies. 
Anything that's not the truth of God's Word is a lie. And that's why you have to be careful that you don't wind up falling for this junk just because it might sound intellectual and somebody's put a little reasoning into it. If Jesus was not the Redeemer who died for our sins, and this is what evolution means, then Christianity is nothing. And neither are we. Christianity is nothing. Neither are we. Satan declares a false view of God's Word. You see, now the servant was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Well, seems to me that God is a convenient invention of the human mind. You'll become like God's. You'll know right from wrong. How would he view God's Word? How would that affect your view of God's Word? If the Bible is not true, what would you think of the Bible if evolution is true? We see, we know and believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We believe that this book is the Word of God, that it is true, and we can believe what the Word of God has to say. Now, Satan doesn't want us to believe the Bible. So the first place he'll try to hit is evolution, because evolution hits at the beginning of creation. It hits at God who created the heavens and the earth, and this is why it's so important. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts have they heaped to themselves teachers having itching ears. And we're talking about sometimes God's people doing this. People that tell you what you want to hear until they're telling you what you ought to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You see, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy, the young pastor. He says, time's going to come when people get tired of hearing this. And the other's going to sound... Because you see, the way you live your life is mainly based upon your view of theology. What do you think about God? What do you think about this book? Because I believe it's true. It makes a difference in my life. Now, Satan declares a false view of death and judgment. The Bible says death is the last enemy to be defeated. Well, you know, with evolution, if it was true, why did they have death? What causes death? They don't know what causes death. Why do certain things live and then they die? Everything lives and it dies. But if evolution is true, how did that thing that lived for a little while produce another one when it doesn't know how to produce? To live and then produce another one and then die and then produce another. Who told it how to do that? And what's a miracle is it taught all the animals how to do that and even taught people how to do that. But there was no plan behind it. Just all in an accident. How can life come from non-life? The law of biogenesis states life must come from life and exist on previous life. When you go through the Word of God, God is life. And He can produce life. Life came from life. Take that, evolutionist. Scientific laws. And I wish I had time to get into all of that, but I don't. If evolution is true, man has no hope for his own future. What is your future? You don't know how long you're going to live. Death can hit you at any time. All the sin, sorrow. Why, if you're going to have the survival of the fittest, why did you let all the people survive that had all these diseases? And why is everybody dying? 
I will say, if the survival of the fittest, why not let me have the speed of a cheetah? Eyes of an eagle? I wouldn't mind all of that. And live for, you know, hundreds of years. But anyway, except maybe he won't have to stand before God in his judgment. That's one thing I guess he could be good. If none of this is true, that he won't have to stand before it. But let me ask you this. The Bible says it is appointed unto every man once to die. And after this, the judgment. God says what's going to be. If I am right, then religious fundamentalists will not go to heaven because there is no heaven. If they are right, then they will not go to heaven because they're hypocrites. And that, that blew your mind. You've got to think about that just a little bit. I don't believe in an afterlife, so I don't have to spend my whole life fearing hell or fearing heaven anymore. For whatever the tortures of hell, I think the boredom of heaven would be even worse. Well, doggy. Somebody's going to be eating their words. False promise of enlightenment. Science is the God. You know, it offers a solution to everything. Whatever the sin there is, science has got to find a solution. So when people commit sin and get the HIV or some other disease and this disease, well, we got doctors and science that's going to solve all of our problems and do away with the consequences of sin. God says, that's uh, not going to work. You're still going to die. You can prolong your life just a little bit longer. God bless you. But science offers us an explanation of how complexity arose out of simplicity. Oh, really? That little one-celled amoeba is just as complex as anything afterwards. They can't produce that one little one-celled amoeba. Man, who's the epitome on the ladder of evolution, can't do what a brainless blob did. Can't do it. The hypothesis... Of God offers no worthwhile explanation for anything. Yes, it does. It is the answer for everything. He says this, Richard Dawkins. He said, my personal feeling is that understanding evolution led me to atheism. Why do you think they teach us in their schools? Because it leads the person that there's no God. And if there's no God, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no morality. So this is why a lot of our young kids today have no decency. They have no morality. They don't understand right from wrong. They don't think there's anything to it. You're just another form of an animal. So you can look like one, act like one, talk like one, be one. Where do you think is heading? Now, do you see why this teaching of evolution is so dangerous? Look where it leads. A false promise of divinity. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, you shall be, your eyes will be open, ye shall be gods. And so Satan is trying to convince people, look, since there is no God, why don't you be God? Since there is no authority, there's no right and wrong, you can be in charge. You do whatever you want to do. Do humanists believe in a supreme being? Emphatically, yes, that supreme being is man. Humanists have no knowledge of any being more supreme. They don't know anybody that's more supreme than them, the mankind himself. You can't see God. You can't even see the devil. You haven't seen no angels. So you can believe whatever you want to believe. Now, 
the turning point in history will be the moment man becomes aware that the only God of man is man himself. They're teaching this. Our kids are getting this. Satan declares a false self-determining value system. What about value clarification? It means to clarify your values, the situational ethics. You shall be as gods knowing good and evil. You shall be as gods. Who sets the rules? See, if there is no God, who sets the rules? Who's the one that says what you can and cannot do? This is why we have people today. You can't offend anybody because, you see, you don't have the right to tell anybody else anything, a right and wrong. There's no right, there's no wrong. As long as it ain't bothering you, let it alone. Relativism. Opinions-based values, morality, standard, priorities, situation. It depends on the situation. Well, it may be right today. It may not be right tomorrow. It depends. Depends. Everything depends. No, it don't. See, the right is wrong. God says. Now, value clarification decides what's right for you. Values are not to be imposed from without. Not God, the Bible, your parents, society, or the government. This is why you have these teachings going on in our schools. And it's permeating right on down into our churches. and into, That's why some people come to the church and think, who's the preacher think he is telling me what I can and cannot do? Because they believe a false philosophy. If this book is true, I'm responsible to tell you what the book says. Like it or not. And I'm not running an opinion poll. I don't care how many is for it and how many is against it. Calvary Community Church, we teach the Bible as authority. We teach this is right. We tell you what's right and what's wrong based upon what God says. People say, well, I don't like that. Goodbye. We don't change here. Just thought I'd throw that out there. No extra charge. But most people say, well, it's got to come from within, subjectively. Objective? Subjective. Subjective means, comes from my feelings, what I think, what I want. Objective, it means well, what everybody else thinks. Listen, there is no absolute truth or values. What was right is now wrong, and what was wrong is now right. You see, when you believe the Bible, you'll know what's right. If you believe evolution, okay, this is right, then that has to be wrong. So without you, what used to be right, is not, it's not right anymore. So things are changing. This is why you need to make sure you keep your kids and your teenagers, you keep them in church and learning the Word of God and be a right example and keep teaching truth. And keep them out of some of those hell holes out there that are teaching and trying to destroy your young people. One day you'll be looking in the mirror and say, what did I go wrong? I know where you went wrong. Don't come and see me because you'll know I already know. <laughs> Doctoral ambiguity. Truth changes. It means something different now. No, it doesn't. Just like the Constitution of the United States of America, it isn't changing. What it meant then is what it means now. It's not a living document. It's in concrete, or so to speak. I regard it as a disease born of fear and as a source of untold misery to the human race. The worst feature of the Christian religion is the, its attitude towards sex. Now, this guy lived to be about 98 years old, Bertrand Russell. But it's because, you see, there could be the golden age of enlightenment if we can do away with this dragon that's at the door. Well, who's this dragon at the door? Well, that's Christianity. You see, and there's people who say, you got to get rid of this Christianity stuff. And the movement beyond to cut, shut down churches and preachers and get them off the radio and off the TV and anybody else who believes something different because we're so offensive. 
We're so naive. We, we don't know what we're doing. We're a detriment to society. Christianity built this country. Evolutionists can destroy it, but they can't produce it. It's my opinion. Lord that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord over heaven and earth. How do you answer atheists? There is no God. Do you know everything there is to know in the whole universe? Do you know only half of what's known in the universe? We'll cut it in half, give them a break. If you did, could God be in the half that you didn't know? Don't it make sense? I talked to an atheist not long ago. I said, if you're going to declare that there is no God, I said, you need to be able to be everywhere all at the same time because if there's anywhere that you can't be, it might be where God is. He looked at me. <laughs> Only God could know what is or isn't out there. How do you answer an agnostic? I don't know if there is a God, and neither does anyone else. How do you know that nobody else knows the truth? Just because you don't know that there's a God. How can you say that nobody else knows? Unless you're God. Duh. You would have to be God to know that. Is there anything you haven't where you haven't been, it could be where God is. Now, I've used these arguments many, many years. And they go over good with teenagers. If there's not going to be any coon hunting or fishing in heaven, I don't want to go there anyway. Well, I got news for you. There won't be none there either. Are you going to do any coon hunting in hell? Rabbit hunting? Well, there won't be none in heaven either. So, well, I'm not going to heaven if I can't do what I want to do. Well, you can't do it down in hell either. Duh. Open your eyes. Your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. People who think they know everything are a great annoyance to those of us who do. Now, is that the epitome of intellectual pride? Religious people split into three main groups. Know-nothings, know-alls, and no contest. Anyway, there's a lot of things that we can get into, but I want to close with this. If somebody made it, somebody's the boss, and he gets to set the rules. Isn't that simple? If nobody made it, nobody's the boss, we can all set our rules. Is that how simple it is? It is better to put your trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Eternity is a long time to be wrong. Eternity is a long time to be wrong. But if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the mind of them which believe not. And then I like this little statement. Evolution is a blinding technique. If he's going to keep people blinded, he, he got a good technique. And it's a teaching of evolution. And it's permeated our society just about everywhere.